Trying to get separation from Chin. He's going to get it off to Bayer. Come on, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the CPL Newsroom presented by Volkswagen. I'm not Christian Jack. I'm Charlie O'Connor-Clark filling in for KJ as he des- uh, enjoys a few very well-deserved days off uh, this week. Uh, we're officially at the quarter mark of the 2023 CPL season with the four matches of week seven in the books. And we'll we'll just jump right into them. Some interesting results. Uh, if we bring up the results board here, Atletico Ottawa hosting Forge FC in a CPL final rematch. And pretty much the same result with David Chouanier scoring late to win it for Forge. Pacific FC won, Halifax Wanderers won. Uh, Adonijah Reed scoring for Pacific before Aiden Daniels equalizer late for the Wanderers on the road. Uh, York United getting that first win at home against Cavalry FC thanks to an early Clément Bahia goal in the first half. And then rounding out the weekend, Vancouver FC and Valor FC. Uh, neither of them able to score a goal that ended up counting, unfortunately. So those sides settle for a nil-nil, and that's going to be where we start the show this week out in Langley. We'll welcome in Benedict Rhodes here to break us down. Uh, you know, an, an, an interesting nil-nil draw, but uh, ultimately a, a second straight nil-nil for Vancouver. Benedict, overall, what would you give this match out of 10 in terms of how compelling it was? Uh, I'll give it a six. You know, it wasn't the most memorable game of soccer, of course, but uh, you know, there were some good moments. You know, the performance of, of TJ Tahid, we'll talk about, uh, was, was fantastic to see. 16 years old, and you know, both teams had their chances in this game. Just neither team could, could really take advantage of them, unfortunately. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw there Mamadou Kane. Just don't think he knew much about it, but the ball sort of hit him in the face and and went on target. He fell off the crossbar, and then in the second half, if you're watching on YouTube still, you know, here, here uh, Anthony Novak does uh, you know, put the ball in the back of the net, but it, it gets ruled off for an alleged handball, and, and Novak again in the in the final seconds of the, the second half, he hits the crossbar with the the header from a corner. So uh, both teams had their chances in this game. Um, both, I think, will feel as though, you know, in a way it is a point gained, but in a way it's also two points dropped for, for both teams. Absolutely. We'll get to, to some of those individuals in a minute, but it's, as I said, that's two straight nil-nils for Vancouver FC. I think there's a lot of resilience, obviously, in, in the defensive performances, especially with some of the injuries they've had the last couple of weeks. But Benedict, what have you thought of, of their performances lately, especially in this game? I think there were some some maybe interesting changes in the lineup as well, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the defense is just the, the building block for your entire team, right? If you can keep clean sheets, you know, you're always going to give your team a chance. And I think that's been a, a very strong positive for Vancouver over these last couple of games, you know, playing against two teams, you know, Forge FC away and, and Valor FC at home, two difficult teams to play against. And told them to, to zero goals, I think it is promising, but uh, they'll, they'll want to start getting things going in attack. I think, I think, you know, in their, in their previous two games against uh, Forge and, and Ottawa, they did zero shots on target in both games. So uh, that did change in this game, but they're going to want to, you know, start boosting that up a bit more and then start putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And I, I think the goals are always kind of the hardest part to put together with a team that that's just come together this year. Um, so, so maybe that is something that comes, later in the season uh, before we move on to valor though let's hear from one of those vancouver fc players who's played i think almost every minute for them with, with elliot simmons i think you know being a you know a brand new team it's tough starting coming into a league where you know teams have been around for five years and they've sort of built that identity over the years so i think you know we, we have our plans on what we want to do we've got to you know keep sticking um to the game plans keep the trust in what we're doing and I think sort of week by week it's coming on now, but I think now we can maybe we can relax a bit more and start showing what we can do on the ball a bit more. As for Valor, Benny, I'll get your thoughts on them in a second. But before we do that, I want to just hear from their coach, Phil Dos Santos. They've got five draws in seven games now, I think. Uh, Let's hear what their boss had to say after that game. 
think we started the game well. I actually think we started the game well. I think that, you know, when you, you dominate possession in today's game, you'll always have to deal with moments of transition. They were extremely direct, extremely direct. They played with their tools, with what, what they are. And, you know, I, I felt that today, the only thing that we didn't get was the goal, apart from that. You know, I can't fault the guys. I could fault them for fault them for maybe a little bit of lack of clarity and the moments where they needed to to decide better, maybe execute better. But again, this is the game, and uh, you know, if we we look at uh, the whole 90 minutes, if there's a team that wins the game, anyone else but us, it would it would mean that you know. Football is a sport that we know that sometimes could be unfair. So, but uh, credit to to them, they fought. We knew they would, um, and that's that's it. Philip Santos mentioning that they started well, and that maybe the only thing that didn't go Valor's way in this game was was that goal. Benny, you watched this game. They they put the ball on the net a couple times. It didn't count. Did you think Valor did enough to win this game? I believe so. You know, they had unexpected goals of over one and a half. They hit the crossbar a couple of times. They, you said they did put the ball in the back of the net in the second half. And uh, I think they, they probably feel a little bit hard done by, by, by that not counting. And uh, I think Vancouver at the same time probably also felt that they probably did enough to win. But I think uh, Valor will be the team who, who come away from this game, maybe just a little bit more disappointed that they weren't able to pick up the, the maximum three points. Yeah, I, I think so as well. In terms of the individual performances in this game, I think there were a few that, that were impressive and commendable, but Benny, I know that you identified a few. So just just tell us which players I, th- uh, you know, from this game stood out above the rest. Which individual performances for you? Yeah, one of them was T.J. Tahid, the, the young sixteen-year-old winger from from Maple Ridge, I believe it's called uh, BC, That's just right. about twenty minutes away from from Langley. So uh, he, he was fantastic in this game. He was he's going up and down the wing. He was he was involved defensively as well. I think he won possession back the most times of anyone on Vancouver. So. He was impressive uh, for for Valor. The, the two wingers again, Keen Williams and Pacific Nyangabir, uh, they're they're both fantastic. Again, a lot of a lot of what Valor does goes through those wide channels, and both of them are very involved in this game as well. And and Kyle Murphy made a couple of big saves. One of them was on a, on a play that was offside, so it didn't actually count as a save, but it was a fantastic reaction save to that would have would have kept the team in the game had it, had it been onside. So those those three uh, are always impressive, and and were again on Sunday. Absolutely, Pacific. Young Beer, I, I think we maybe talk about him every week on this show, but for me, he's becoming quite quickly one of the, the most impressive newcomers to the league this season. Uh, really a, an entertaining player, a very direct player on the ball in, in that Valor attack, and it's something that that they uh, they really needed, so that's fun. Uh, but going back to TJ Tahid, as you mentioned, Benedict, he is the youngest player in this league's history. Uh, he comes in for the start in this game as a 16-year-old, does very well, and his coach, Afshin Gopi, had a lot of praise for him after the game and, and what his story means for the sport in this country. So let's hear from him. I think uh, this is what this, this club is all about, is finding local talented players like TJ that are Canadian uh, and, and finding uh, these young geniuses that need experience to play with senior players at the highest level in Canada to, to be able to develop themselves in a professional environment so uh, they can reach their potential sooner. And uh, uh, Rob Friend, our ownership, myself, we had to uh, take our profession outside of North America because there weren't enough opportunities in our generation. So I think it's uh, wonderful that CPL is providing this platform and it's so important to the development of Canadian national team and Canadian soccer and football. So uh, TJ will hopefully be one of many, many players that will come out of our organization and help the Canadian football. And I think what, what's really brave in, in our club's part is that uh, by putting 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds on the pitch, maybe we sacrifice results uh, in the short term, but we gain so much in the long term. Very well said, as always, from Afshin. And I just have to point out that that is a sweet jacket he was wearing as well. I love that. I don't know where he got it, but I might have to ask him next time. Uh, Next time he's down here in Toronto. Um, but Benny, these two teams both have two draws in a row. What's what's coming up next for these teams, and, and where uh, what what are the the stories heading into their next games? Yeah, both teams are, are playing the same teams they played in, in week one with uh, you know a BC derby with Vancouver. Just this time hosting Pacific FC for the first time. 
So that's going to be the uh, the biggest storyline in that game. And then, uh, you know, uh, Valor FC back at home, back at IG Field, a place that they, they've, they've played so well over the years, and, and they're hosting York United, who are, you know, uh, coming off two games in a, two wins in a row. They're playing Forge midweek, so they might be uh, a, lot of, a lot of travel for them, but it's a good big game for them as well uh, at IG Field on Sunday. Yeah, that, that Vancouver Pacific game, though, in Langley, really exciting. We saw how, how good the away support was and, and the home support at that reverse fixture earlier in the year. Uh, well, I, I'm sure it's going to be another pretty fun one and an impressive one with a great atmosphere at Willoughby Park. Uh, Benedict, thank you so much for, uh, for all of your, your incredible insight. And we'll, uh, we'll make a substitution here and bring in Alex Gange-Ruzik as we stay in BC for a Pacific and Halifax draw. Um, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, Adonijah Reed with his first CPL goal for Pacific cancelled out by a late Halifax equalizer from Aiden Daniels. AGR, all overall out of 10, what would you give this game in terms of how compelling it was and what were your general thoughts? Yeah, I'd say probably around a six. So I think overall it was a you know very bright start um, from Pacific. You know, the host coming out, getting the goal. They were all over Halifax. Uh, felt like they could have got a few more and you know they looked like a team that was hungry for revenge after losing in, in can champ in midweek but you know give credit to halifax they went down a goal they're against one of the top teams in the league they they grew back into it and they fought and you know pacific just kind of ran out of gas and at the end it was all one-way traffic for the wanderers so in terms of that it was a very interesting split just to see pacific's bright start and then just see how halifax kind of took over the game and you know, overall, these these two teams usually play each other well, and I think this was, this game was a great example of that. It certainly was. You mentioned it being kind of one-way traffic for the Wanderers at the end. I think they tripled up Pacific in, in expected goals, shots, uh, duels. They won a duels battle as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to hear from you in a second on, on Halifax in particular, AGR, but before we do that, uh, let's just go to their head coach, Patrice Geyser, and see what he had to say after this game. After we uh... To go back to even that point with all the draws, um, we have 15 players who are having first experience with CPL. We play a style that's going to get you punished, like the goals we've given up off the counter. But we're going to stick to the plan and keep playing. And because we have such a new group, we're going to continue to rotate guys to find the right fit. I thought uh, hopefully the fans and everyone at home got to really enjoy it. I loved it. I thought we had a lot of great sequences. And for me, that's what football really is about, the joy on the field. So um, we felt with mass playing between lines and kind of playing as a false time we were going to be able to get more opportunities and they're a great team with two top center backs but um i thought our plan really worked and you know we had a total of 18 shots and three big chances and unfortunately got one goal but you know sometimes you're on the other hand and it goes the other way but most importantly this is a great great statement from this young group coming off a really bad game i think that's the message to the league that you know, we have our goals, and one of our goals is not to lose two games in a row. And I thought the guys were brilliant and very brave tonight. Patrice mentioning that it is a big statement for them coming off that really brutal home loss to York United last weekend. Uh, AGR, overall, what did you think of Halifax in this game? And do you think that they're happy with the point from that? Yeah, I think it was ultimately a good bounce back, a tough road environment, one of the toughest teams, uh, you know, to play away uh, Pacific is. I think it, it was good. Obviously, the return of Lorenzo Caligari helped a lot, and you kind of saw what they were missing a bit in midfield against York, where, where they were a bit just too passive and easy to play through. And I think that was a, a huge adjustment. I thought they defended also very well. And, uh, you know, what was nice about Halifax is just how they grew and how they responded. If you look at all their past games, they'd kind of grabbed leads and been so strong off the start, and they'd almost run out of gas and, and fade into the game. And, you know, I think it was good as well to see that adversity of going down a goal and, and growing and, and hitting your, your, your second gear in that second half. Obviously, they probably would have uh, liked to, to get a second goal for it. But uh, I just like how they wore down Pacific. I think you could tell that the game plan was, OK, they played in midweek. Let's get their center backs to run a lot. Let's get their midfield to, to start to spread out and bring on these fresh legs. And I, I think that, you know, overall, it's one where they'll be pleased with the point, at least a lot more pleased than, than Pacific would be. Yeah, I, I think so too. And maybe if, if Halifax had a couple wins previously in a season, uh, they'd be even more thrilled with the point there. But I, I do feel that a win is coming for them because they have impressed me at times under under Patrice so far. Before we get more in the weeds on that midfield battle you mentioned, let's just hear from from a, a pretty pretty underrated, I think at this point, Halifax defender in Daniel Nimick. 
Felt unlucky going in in the first half down a goal. I think we we bossed the possession, we bossed the chances. The, the goal just hadn't come. Uh, we just looked to carry that momentum into the second half. We knew they were going to sit back and try and hold on to that lead, so we just kept moving the ball, stayed patient, and eventually it came. And I think we were unlucky not to get more than one in that second half. Um, that's what we wanted to do, but uh, it didn't come, unfortunately. So, AGR, you wrote in your analysis about the midfield battle in this game. Obviously, Halifax get Lorenzo Caligari back this week. He was hugely missed in that York game the week before. Uh, and, and across from him is Sean Young. Both those two players are in the Gatorade team of the week for good reason. AGR, what did you see in, in the midfield battle in this game? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a, a good boxing match to use the the you know fair fair analogy. I think it was something if you, you'd go to the scorecards, the, the judges would have it about even. It was a lot of Pacific traffic in the first half, and Sean Young was orchestrating that. It was just that you could tell when their energy levels were there. Him and Aparicio were a menace, especially on the press. They caught Rampersad a few times in possession. Uh, you know, they were able to get uh, their goal came pretty much off a moment where they kind of dispossess Halifax play through. Sean Young gets that final ball. He had a couple key passes. And, I, you know, I think that was a good, uh, you know, from Pacific, it was a good first half. You're sitting there, okay, this is a good organization that Yates, Young, uh, you know, Aparicio midfield is a little more offensive than we're used to seeing with no Cedric Toussaint in the lineup. But then to give credit to Halifax, they were just steady. Caligari kind of led the way in, in that first half for his team. They, uh, you know, they were kind of weathering that storm. And in the second half, they took over and Caligari was immense. Just the way he controls the tempo of the game and just pings the ball around. He's never really unbothered. He, you know, what's nice about him from Halifax's perspective is he, if he has a meter of space, you can give him a ball and he'll turn and he'll make something. But even then, if you know Pacific was so drawn to him, they'd almost be hugging him, and it would open up space for you know between the lines, which was huge when Daniels came in, and just the way he's able to to, to play in the line. So overall, I think it was something where it was a good battle. I, at halftime, I was thinking like, "Ooh, Pacific's kind of got the edge here," but you know, Halifax stuck with it, and Caligari was a big reason why. Absolutely, I mean, it's amazing how much calmer that midfield looks with Caligari at the base of it. How much better organized it is. I think everybody's making the better runs. Uh, but back to Pacific, Sean Young is is a guy that's maybe having a, a bit of a breakout season here, right? Uh, he's played in, in a, every game, I think. He's you know obviously an island boy coming into a much bigger responsibility in this team than he had in, in either of his previous years, especially with kind of filling a role that Jamar Dixon left behind with his retirement. Uh, James Merriman obviously had, had a lot of praise for the young midfielder, the literally Sean Young midfielder uh, after the game. So let's hear from the Pacific boss. Biggest challenge for him this season was to add in the final third, to create assists, to create goals, to create chances. Um, we've been working and, and developing him to become a true box-to-box uh, eight. So I think we've seen that, that next level of development for him, which is exciting. Um, He's, he's working hard every day. He's, his professionalism has been impressive this season. Um, big potential. And we've seen it every, every, every match. And another fantastic story of a young local player getting that chance at the pro game in the CPL. Uh, AGR, we've already mentioned a ton of individuals here, but are, are, there, are there any others that uh, kind of stand out? Any greats for you from this game in terms of individual performances? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to start with the host specific Obviously, Sean Young was was among it, and again, his just his growth game over game continues to impress me. The big thing about his performance is that he kind of was quiet midweek against the Whitecaps, which you know is a bit frustrating from Pacific's perspective—a chance to showcase himself at that level. But you know, consistency and how you bounce back is also huge. So that was good to see. I also thought Kieran Basket did very well against his old club, saved Pacific. Uh, you know, against Wesley Timoteo, we saw it in the highlights there. Uh, around the 58th minute, that would have been a back-breaking goal. The way Halifax was training, they score then, you have to feel they would have scored again and, and, and could have got the win. So huge from Basket, who overall had a great day and the goal, not much he could uh, you know, he could say about that. And then, of course, up front, Adonijah Reed. I just love the the profile he brings. He's such a smart runner. And, you know, Merriman kind of talked about it after the game as well, how, you know, he's loved working with him just because he reads the game so well. Like he knows how to drop into space, how to find these channels, how to find these pockets. And I love the goal he scored because literally 10 minutes earlier, he made a similar run, similar dribble, shot at far post, and he just missed. And you're like, oh, that was a good chance. Literally five minutes later, he found a way to, to, to replicate it. And 
on the other side for Halifax, uh, you know, there are a few that stood out. I mean, Caligari is just, he's, he's worth the price of admission that, you know, I've never seen a number six who will get stuck in, will spray the ball and then he'll get in the final third and do back heel through balls and all this <laughs> other stuff that, that he does. He's just a, a magician. Uh, I thought Jake Ruby, he was, he was very fun to watch. It's just in terms of that outside left center back, fullback, just the way he defends and the way he, positions himself in 1v1s he reminds me a lot of a nashville era uh alistair johnson from a few years Ooh. ago so that's it's very you know lofty comparison of course but i just see a lot of the same 1v1 defending a lot of those same abilities uh for, from from jake ruby and i think he's very underrated in that regard i think halifax uh you know they, they look very good defensively uh, when he's in the lineup so i thought he was he was worth giving a shout that is uh, a big comparison, but you know, deserve praise for Jake Ruby, who it's it's good to see back on the pitch after a lot of injury struggles, especially at the start of this year and late last season. Um, and just with Pacific, by the way, something to keep an eye on there with the goalkeeping battle. Kieran Basket playing pretty well these last couple of games that he's had a chance, but obviously Emil Gazdov, also a, a young player that they have a lot of faith in, so that's one to keep an eye on. But uh, Adonijah Reed as well, he spoke after the game, the goal scorer, so let's hear from him. I feel like when when I'm there, they just I'm a player that can either set them or I can turn and create for my teammates, and I feel like that's what I get from my team. They want to when they give me the ball, they they want me to create. They want me to try and score goals or create for my teammates, and that's what I I was trying to do. Absolutely, AGR. What is next for these two teams as they uh, head into Week Eight in the CPL? Yeah, I mean uh, it, it should be good slate of games. Um, obviously, um, for. For, Vancouver, uh, for Pacific, they head to Vancouver. They head over to Langley uh, on Friday. That one should be a very fun game. Pacific, they ran out of gas in this game. They kind of admitted as much. Like, look, Canadian Championship took a lot out of it. So, you know, they're going to see a game like this. They're going to see uh, a chance to head into Vancouver and kind of send a message, especially after losing to, you know, the other Vancouver-based team in the Whitecaps that, hey, we want to keep BC purple. So I'd expect them to be very fired up. Hopefully a great crowd. Uh, in Langley for that one uh, and as for for Halifax they get a chance to for for a bit of revenge I guess so to speak against Ottawa you know a team that uh, in, in week one obviously they got a draw and then they got knocked out by in the in the Canadian championship so uh, obviously a bit of a chance uh, for revenge over in the nation's capital uh, you know in the second meeting of, of two there this season that's right two pretty interesting fixtures I think Pacific heading into Vancouver is Always fun. It's, it's an easy one for them to get up for, I think, after having a, a week break. AGR, thank you so much. As always, everybody can read his analysis at campiel.ca and One Soccer. Uh, and now we're going to head east to Ontario, and I'll bring in Mitchell Tierney as uh, we head to the capital, uh, where Atletico Ottawa were hosting Forge for the first time since that CPL final. And in the end, a similar similar result for Ottawa, maybe a better performance, but uh, Mitchell, overall out of ten, what would you give this game? Oh, um, I'll probably go with with a seven. I think uh, the second half, especially, was uh, was intriguing. Um, with you know two sides who obviously, um, like you said, have that history there, but uh, especially an Ottawa side who were really, really hungry to get their first home win of the season, and you know a win that would have been a, a bit of a game changer for their you know campaign as well. So. Um, yeah, I thought there was a lot of exciting chances. You know, a, a Tristan Henry masterclass, as I'm sure we're going to get into, um, keeps Forge in it. And then um, Forge, uh, yeah, just uh, just really um, in the in the match's uh, decisive moment, uh, get get the goal. Absolutely, and I'm I'm realizing that this was actually my match to rate, and I was also going to go with a seven, uh, maybe a seven and a half. I think that this was. Certainly the, the best game of the weekend for me, at least. Uh, Forge playing a, a pretty interesting back three with some rotation in the squad after playing at Montreal in midweek in the Canadian Championship. But you know, as always, they, as it always seems, they find a way to score that goal at the end. David Chouanier, I mean, who else is going to score a, a late winner like that for Forge FC? It always seems to be him. Um, and it, it was a, an interesting, pretty... Maybe not the best Forge performance we've seen, where maybe maybe Ottawa would would feel like they'd played better than the Hamilton Club in this game. But at the end of the day, it's it's Forge that come away with everything, all three points. But uh, let's uh, let's hear from Forge's coach, Bobby Smirniotis. 
First, it's, it's a tough thing on us, the coaches. Uh, the game before, a big game like Wednesday, and the game after. Um, because you know a lot of times where the players' minds uh, can be, and it's as much as you talk about it, uh, the mind drifts to that cup semifinal and, and what that can mean going forward. And then, yeah, it's, uh, this is a great group to work with um, because they can refocus um, very quick. Um, they know the importance of, of the league and they know the importance of three points every week this year uh, and what that means uh, at the end. And uh, what we're especially happy with is, uh, you know, we've, we've brought in seven new players um, that didn't play uh, a lot on Wednesday. Uh, Malcolm Duncan's made his debut today um, also for us um, this year. And they've gone out there and, uh, and tactically done the business a little bit different today in, in our setup and our shape based on that first game we played against Ottawa. So all around, uh, you're happy when at the end of the game you score a goal and take three points away from a very good team here in Ottawa. I think uh, you have to be pleased uh, quite a bit with your team's performance. Something very new from Forge, I think, in this game, the kind of 3-4-1-2 formation with Noah Jensen sort of playing in, the, in that 10 role behind Campbell and Pasillas playing a little bit closer together than normal. Uh, but if you look at the bench in this game, Mitchell, <laughs> I think that that's uh, I, I, the bench and the players sitting in the press box, like Reza Rama and Alessandro Hujabrapur, uh, that's a team that could, on its own, contend for a championship. Uh, Mitchell, what impressed you about Forge and the way they set up in this game? Yeah, I think that's part of what sets Forge apart is not only the depth, but the ability um, to to know each other, know each other's roles, to be able to be tactically flexible, both in terms of how they can play and where players can play in terms of, you know, fullbacks playing center back, um, midfielders playing center back. I mean, just about everyone can play anywhere on the pitch for Forge. So that makes it very helpful when Bobby wants to try something different uh, in a game or, or facing an opponent. And again, you look at the players they brought off the bench in terms of Tristan Borges, you know, Suzoko and obviously David Chouanier who gets the goal. Um, that's something that, you know, really no one else in the league can, can do to this same extent. And that's going to be a difference maker over the course of a season when there's so many matches and, and so much, um, you know, fixture congestion for them. I think that uh, having that ability to just, change matches with who they can bring in, change matches within the match in terms of who they want to to move around the pitch into different areas is is going to, um, by and large, you know, again, continues to make them the favorites to win the regular season championship. I think so. But now with all this praise for Forge, it does have to be said that they would not have won this game. In fact, might have lost it, probably would have lost it were it not for their goalkeeper, Tristan Henry. Uh, career high, eight saves. Uh, Really, I think for me, one of the best individual goalkeeping performances I've seen in the CPL in five years. And obviously Tristan Henry, a guy that's been around at Forge since day one, um, they, a beloved figure in that club and really, really saving them in this game with some of those impressive, impressive saves with his reflexes. And he was kind of commanding his box very well with the set pieces and all that as well. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez after the game pretty much said, yeah, we Felt like we'd done enough in this game to win, but it's football sometimes where you just can't put one past the other goalkeeper. So let's hear from the the Ottawa coach here. I have to see the game again, but but my feelings are that we couldn't do much more to win the game. You know, I think we did a lot of good things, and uh, yeah, this is football sometimes that that you create, that you dominate in certain moments, that you defend well. But in one detail, probably in the in the only chance in which we made a a uh, couple of mistakes in the same action. Uh, they score us and they punish us in the in the minute 91. So, Atletico Ottawa. Now, that's four home games for them, three losses and one draw. Uh, they, they still have just one win on the whole season and that was uh, that strange 5-0 result <laughs> out in Vancouver, which, uh, I, I, I don't know, is certainly one that they'd strive for, but not necessarily the kind of the kind of game you'd expect every week. I think Atletico Ottawa is starting to get a little bit frustrated with this home form, especially some of the players taking to social media after the game and apologizing to fans for for how this is going. Uh, Mitchell, before I, I ask you about Atletico Ottawa and, and maybe why you're concerned, let's just hear from Maxime Tissot, who, who obviously was likewise disappointed after this one. I think the Canadian Championship game against them, we kind of showed, you know, a bit of fight that was missing in the first first few games. Um, 
And I, the Calgary one was a bit of a one-off. But I think since that Forge game in the Canadian Championship, I think we've shown a different face. Um, I agree. I think today was probably one of our best games. Ultimately, we couldn't put the, the ball in the back of the net. But yeah, it's a bit of a moral victory. I'm kind of like you. I, I'm not a big, big fan of them. But um, yeah, we, we go on to the next one and you know take the positives from this one. But uh, yeah, this one hurts for sure. Maxime Tiso, not a big fan of moral victories. Uh, Mitchell, you've watched them Atletico Ottawa pretty closely this year. Do you agree with with Maxime that there's progress being made and that this was one of their better performances of the year? I think so. I mean, they were on the front foot for for large parts of that second half. And uh, one of the big issues this year is anytime they've been on the front foot, um, you can almost guaranteed look up at the scoreboard and they're they're trailing in the match. So uh, at the very least, you know, I liked a little bit more proactive proactivity in the second half from them to to try and get what would be a big result but again they don't get that result um and, and this is just a huge missed opportunity i think for the club where they're playing yeah. a tired forge team um who obviously you know had such a letdown in, in midweek and what an opportunity that would have been for them to to transform their season if they can pick up three points against you know the, the class of the league against the team that beat them in the final last year it just it would have been so big uh you know that would have been a true morale victory, not a moral victory, which they ended <laughs> up with, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think that's what's disappointing. And, you know, there's there's now a 10-point gap between them and Forge at the top of the table. So now it looks more and more like this is an Ottawa team, you know, maybe fighting for their playoff lives this season instead of pushing the top of the table like they were last season. So uh, that's a little bit disappointing. And um, yeah, I think that they might have to come to terms with that new reality sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's it's tough at this point of the season. It is kind of still early, but we're at the quarter mark here. And I think this is the point of the season where clubs are going to want to start start picking up those results. You know, we, we're getting to a point where progress is probably not going to be enough. And you're going to yeah. have to start seeing those those results start coming uh, in terms of picking out a, a few greats from this game, obviously Tristan Henry is number one, and it almost feels like we shouldn't pick anybody else because he stood <laughs> out so much above everybody else. But uh, I, I was impressed by by Forge's double pivot. You know, Kyle Becker and Alex Ashinioti Janssen playing in midfield together is always a, a, a pretty cool, pretty cool sight to see for this club. It doesn't necessarily happen often, especially not with Noah Jensen on the pitch as well. It's an, mm -hmm. an interesting combination for Forge. Uh, I, I guess we, we should shout out Malcolm Duncan making his first start for Forge FC in that right wing back role, which isn't necessarily a, a position that they've even used in lineups very often. But is there anybody else, Mitchell? Maybe there's some, some Ottawa players that uh, kind of stood out in that second half for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess other than than switching off at the end, you know, Ollie Bassett had a had a pretty tremendous match. He was creating a lot of those chances that, uh, as aforementioned, were were stymied by Tristan Henry. Uh, Jean Agnelli again down the down the wing provided a lot of threat, and you know, hit him himself probably could have had a, a, a you know a few more better moments in the final third, but uh, came very close. Um, and I guess just a, an aside, just nice to see Carl Hayworth back out there. And, you know, he almost, again, basically anyone that you can pick on Ottawa almost scored in this match yeah. and were stopped by Tristan Henry, but another guy who was came so close at the very end. But, you know, just a little bit more experience in the lineup. And I think they I think they could use that at this time of year. So that's a big story for them that, that he's back. Absolutely, absolutely. He's another upstanding figure in this league and for that club, a player that... Uh, has meant a lot to to that city and Atletico Ottawa, so it's definitely good to see him back, and hopefully Carl will be back in the starting lineup pretty soon. But we move on. Up next for these clubs, Forge are playing in midweek again. No time to rest, really. They're back at home for a 9-5 derby against York United, a team that we're going to talk about in a second here before they head all the way out to Calgary to play Cavalry in, again, never never an easy or a, a <laughs> low-key or laid-back game as that as that'll be so that's you know if, if forge can get through this little gauntlet here with uh, a few more results then they uh they may be able to start putting some some space between themselves and some other teams because those are not easy games in pretty quick succession uh ottawa though back home again they play halifax as we mentioned earlier uh, a game where i think they're probably going to be not necessarily treating it as a must win but kind of 
Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's a big match. It's a big it, match. It is, for a, sure. it is a big one for them to be at home. They need that first home result. Uh, they've beaten they've beaten Halifax once this year in that Canadian Championship game at uh, York, uh, but this is a big one for them. So uh, you know we'll move on from that game though. We'll stay in Ontario, but uh, before we get to that York game, uh, just a reminder that you can play CPL Predictor, brought to you by Tony Bet at campl.ca/predictor. You pick the scores of games, you can win twenty thousand uh, dollars. That sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> so I would encourage you all to check it out. But now let's uh, let's go to York Lions Stadium where York United played Cavalry FC and came away with a 1-0 win in a, a pretty you know, composed performance for the home side. Mitchell, what would you give this game out of 10? I'll give it another 7. Uh, I think we'll set that as the standard for 1-0 for matches this week. Um, it was an intriguing one, though. I mean, you had two sides that were coming off their their best result and performance of the season. So obviously, mm-hmm. um, two teams looking to to build on that. And I think most weeks, Calvary wins this match. You know, they had the better of the the chances. They dominated possession, um, but the the scoreboard ultimately said differently. And you know, an impressive performance from York to to build on. Um, what they did last week in a very different way. You know, they were able to, to hold on despite uh, hydration breaks, hot weather, you know, 10 minutes of stoppage time, a few injuries. Um, I was really impressed with how they maintained their focus and fight for a full, you know, 100 plus minutes in this match. So um, that, that's that's going to be big for this side who, you know, are getting healthier again, who, um, you know, maybe had such a difficult start to the season to, to get that first home win out of the way and to, to do it like this, where it was really a, a fight from their entire side is, is you know, something to, to really build on for them. Absolutely. I think so. It's a, a very positive one for York, who maybe are, are starting to pick up some form. And obviously they're, they're able to keep some players in the lineup in terms of their fitness, which is something that they haven't really been able to say yet this season. So before we get a little bit deeper on York, let's just hear from their head coach, Martin Nash. It is important. You, you can create some easy chances that way. I think the next stage for us is figuring when to keep it and when to go. Um, I think we're go, go, go a little bit too much for my liking. Um, and we've talked about it. We've worked on it. It's, but it's going to take time to settle in. Um, you can't just go every time. Otherwise the game gets a bit of a track meet and then you tire out like we did at the end and when they have a lot of possession. So uh, we got to find a nice balance to it where we still create the chances, but we find the moments to keep it when it's not on the go. It is an interesting take from Martin, right? Where they do have a lot of players in that lineup that are kind of direct and they like to, as you said, go, go, go. Like Max Ferrari, Austin Ricci, these are players that love to drive vertically and bring the ball forward and kind of outrun an opposing team, especially opposing fullbacks. Uh, Mitchell, what do you make of, of what he what Martin Nash says there and whether New York maybe do need to, to manage those later moments a little bit better. Yeah, certainly manage the moments, but not take, you know, that out of their game, because like you said, they are so well built for it with, you know, Lasana Fay, um, Ricci, Ferrari, uh, Clement Baia, who's excellent in this game. Like there's so many good wide attacking threats for this side. Uh, they have Ozazi Di Rosario, who's really showing well in terms of holding up the ball if they choose to go long and direct and, um, something I like that they did in this match is they get the ball to Paris G um, when they had possession and Calvary were really shifting so hard to the one side. Um, so they just switch it quickly to the other one. And th- they had plenty of success doing that, including on the goal. So, uh, I, I mean, yes, yeah, you would like to to hold possession better, but you don't want to take out that counterattacking bite. And I do think with some of the guys returning, um, especially a guy like Jeremy gagnon Lapare and, and Mo Babouli, they'll have some of those tempo setters a little bit more who will be able to to maybe okay guys let's let's just hold off and, and play around the back a little bit more here um but yeah i do think that's the next step in their progression is okay um let's let's not just run for for the entire 90 minutes let's hold off and, and you know go to a bit more of a trot sometimes yeah i think it has to be said that the progression is is coming along there at york and a, a large part of that is just that they're getting healthier um I, as I think we mentioned before, this is, I think, the same starting 11 that won in Halifax the weekend before. Yeah, Jeremy Gagnon Lapare comes off the bench. Mo Babouli comes off the bench. When these guys are able to start, this team will feel a lot more confident in its ability, maybe late in games, to have some some depth and be able to manage those moments a little bit better. Um, obviously, we, we heard from one of those players that was able to start both games, who they're very happy to have back in Tas Mordakutis 
after the game. So let's just hear his thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I think every team um, longs for good consistency and, and things like that. It's obvious, but but it's not always as easy in squads in the CPL and things like that. So to get a run of two games with not only the same back line, but the same starting 11, I think everyone knowing their roles, everyone knowing the same, you know, they're on the same wavelength. We started that Halifax game last week incredibly fast and incredibly aggressive, as I'm sure the league noticed. Um, and the result was fitting. We could have had more last week. But, but focusing on this week's game, it's refreshing that after a beginning of a lot of injuries and things like that that we were carrying, having to rotate and play, play guys out of position, um, we were able to field the same 11 twice. And it, and it showed with, with people knowing their roles and we didn't give up too much today. Could have scored more as well, especially at the end there, a couple of chances and things like that. So, like I said, I don't think we've been fully fit yet. And now with the competition, in the squad, it's raising everyone's levels. Um, and yeah, okay, we played the same team, but there was about four or five guys on that bench that can start at most CPL teams, if not all, in my opinion. So that's only only beneficial for our group. Tass rocking the mustache there too, which <laughs> I, I appreciate. I like that. Uh, but Mitchell, how about how about Cavalry? You, know, you wrote after this game that they maybe didn't execute in the big moments that they did have. Uh, what did you like? What maybe concerned you about them in this game? Just quickly on the task mustache, he is living with Nico, so uh, apparently oh, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, checks that, out. that yeah that that might have uh, some influence there. Um, in terms of cavalry, I mean, you know, like I said, most weeks this is probably a good enough performance to to get a win. Um, but you've kind of been able to to say that about them this entire season in terms of you know they're they're doing a lot of things right. But what's been concerning this year for them is the the things they're doing wrong. Uh, Marco Carducci called it a 95% game where, you know, for 95% of the game, they're on the front foot, they're doing everything right. But it's those 5% little switch offs that they have, especially at the back um, where, you know, you look, you look at a club like forge as, as an example. And, you know, that's the standard for cavalry is that that top of the table. And um, they're so proactive when they don't have the ball about thinking about where that next threat might come from. And sometimes don't see that with cavalry in the same way where um, yeah, they'll just switch off a little bit. And then you look at the Halifax game as an example where they allow two goals and stoppage time. This was another one where, you know, one moment really hurts them. So I think it's ultimately easier to, to refine a simple detail like that in, in the long term than, you know, completely having to switch up the way they play. And I think, you know, that's never going to happen under Tommy Wilton jr. Is, is a complete, uh, you know, change in, in their style, but I think it's close to there, but that's the next step is really, you know, playing that 100% match, you know, getting all the details right. They did that last week against Ottawa, um, but, you know, in a very similar match almost, they weren't able to do it against York. Yeah, speaking of hundreds, we will hear from Marco Carducci a little bit later. But uh, first, let's just go back to York Lions Stadium and get the thoughts of their coach, Tommy Wilden Jr. I do think we've got to keep clean, more clean sheets. You know, last week we did it. We've made one defensive error today and got punished for it. I think that that's it. But I said I can't fault the spirit of the lads. It's a very hot day, and we kept going and we kept going. So, look, I think we've topped every single statistic in today's game. That shows the manner in which we're playing, other than the one that's most important, and that's the scoreline. But I'm not going to change what we're doing in terms of how we want to play this game. We'll get more points playing that way then we will just sit in low and playing on the counter. That's that's not in our DNA. As always, Cavalry are very committed to their their footballing identity, and I think that's always something that's that's impressed me about them. Uh, but Mitch, how about your greats from this game? Any players in particular that stood out above the rest for you? Yeah, definitely a few on the, the York side. You know, we mentioned Clément Bailly, just a player with relentless energy throughout this match. I mean, late in the match and, you know, whatever it was, 90 plus eight, he's still bursting down the field and behind the the, the cavalry back line and, and creating chances. Um, that was important to, to the match because, you know, cavalry, they have these uh, really attacking-minded uh, players who uh, on, on the wings who get forward. Um, so he was able to, to get in behind of them and, and create some havoc. Um, and I thought Lasana Faye for, you know, as a player who's really starting to, to come into his own out wide, he had a bit of a, a tricky start uh, with York, but now he's, he's really starting to, especially going forward, you know, can, can play a great ball uh, through the lines. Uh, Paris G, a player who's played in multiple positions this season, but uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, he's serviceable in multiple places. He's been excellent. You know, whether it's center back, uh, both fullback positions, he played as a center mid at one point, uh, 
yeah. you know, this is a guy who's, especially with their injuries, been so important. Um, so, so that's another guy who I think deserves a lot of credit. And um, then Ali Musi on, on Cavalry, I think, you know, in a match where they lose, he still creates four chances. He has three shot attempts. I mean, he was everywhere. He was so unlucky to, to not uh, get on the score sheet in this match. And um, yeah, another fantastic performance from him. Absolutely. You know, Ali Musi, you know, to get into the team of the week in a losing effort, pretty impressive <laughs> from him. But I think there, there are also a quite a few York guys in there this week. You'll see that later on Monday. Uh, but you know, but before we move on to what's next for these teams, Mitchell, you had a chance to catch up with Paris G after the game. So let's hear from them. Post-game reaction presented by Allstate. Joined here with York United's Paris G. Paris, first home victory of the season for you guys. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Uh, special. The first one's always good. Um, the guys have come together really well over the last uh, week, even when we, when we started in Halifax. And uh, now we're just, we're excited to come back home again and get another win. Interesting stat heading into this match. You guys are one of five teams so far in the league that hadn't picked up a home victory so yeah. far. What do you think it is about that, that the league's so close and, you know, anyone can win every, on any oh, every, Everything's really tight right now. Um, you can see, like, even from, uh, I don't know, what, from, from seventh all the way to, I guess, now where we are. It, it's tight. It's tight. And, uh which I'm just worried. I'm just so excited for this win right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you've played a number of different roles uh, today at center back. Um, obviously, you know, fullback is, is the position you started at, but you're able to use the kind of long diagonal balls from the back to, to play at what, yeah. Was it about that, and how important was that to today's victory? Um, you know, we had to move the ball quick. Um, yeah, whenever a team was slide over, we got I got to be good with my ping out wide. And I think Nashi trusts me sliding in that center back role. Um, but wherever he needs to put me on the field, I know uh, he can trust me. I, I just got to put on the work and do my job. And today we put in the job and kept a clean sheet and, and came up with a win. And with that being said, you know, you guys were able to roll out the, the same 11 again. Uh, you saw Jeremy, Mo get back off, off off the bench. You know, with so many games coming up, how important yeah. is that to get healthy again? And I guess the competition at multiple positions. Oh, yeah, it's great to round out the squad now. We have we have quality guys coming off the bench, like Nashi says. And uh, now rolling into Wednesday and rolling into Saturday, like we have a full team. So we're, we're, all, we're ecstatic for it. And, you know, two wins on the trot, two clean sheets on the trot. How confident are you guys heading into the league leaders for We're feeling good. We're feeling really good. Um, we know it's going to be a battle. When we go to Forge, it's always a battle. The wind also plays a factor there, too. We know it's going to be hot. So I think for us, we just got to come in with the same mentality we came in for this game and grind and, and work and, and, and go to war. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paris. Thanks. As Paris mentioned, a, a tough one coming up for them at Forge. Mitchell, just walk us through where these two teams go from here. Yeah, like you said, um, yeah, just a, a they just ended one team's undefeated run, so they they get to play the other undefeated team in the league, the last undefeated team in the league in Forge um, on the road. That that'll be a really big test for them. But like Paris said, I think one that they are and and should be up for, considering uh, how they played recently. And then, uh, interestingly enough, Calvary they also um, they also um, play Forge. Uh, next uh, at at co-field right. so a lot of forge going around a lot of tests for both these sides uh, uh york also have valor at the weekend so um yeah busy busy schedule busy june for them so we'll, we'll learn a lot about this york united side i think over the next you know coming weeks we certainly will a test for them i think is definitely the way to put it hopefully these guys continue to get healthier and they don't have any other issues that pop up and we can see the, the full picture of what Martin Nash is trying to build there at York United. Okay, so before we go, let's just take a look at the standings as they are as they are after week seven. Uh, we obviously forge now three points clear at the top of the table, still undefeated, all the way down to Atletico Ottawa, unfortunately, at the bottom of the table. Uh, Mitchell, is there anything in the table that's surprising you so far? Oh, sorry, I got taken out for a second there. Um, uh, I think, like we said, you know, Ottawa at the at the bottom of the table is probably the the big surprise. Um, and maybe with how they've started, how quickly York's been able to to climb back up the the table. But again, it's just so close at this stage. Uh, other than the the top, you know, two who have kind of separated themselves a little bit. You know, three to even the bottom is is just so close. So um, I guess that's been been slightly surprising. Absolutely. P Producer Benedict did not want to hear your thoughts. No, he really table, didn't. But uh, unfortunately for him, we got them anyway. Um, <laughs> so let's let's just take a look one more time at the schedule. Obviously on Wednesday, Forge taking on York United at 7 o'clock Eastern. And then on the weekend, we have our usual slate of four matches starting on Friday night when Vancouver hosts Pacific. 
And on Saturday, our doubleheader, including the Tony Bet match of the week, Cavalry and Forge, as uh, certainly one that we always look forward to, followed by Ottawa and Halifax Wanderers at 7 o'clock Eastern. And then Sunday will wrap up the weekend for us in week eight when Valor hosts York United. As always, all of those games available to watch on One Soccer and Fubo.tv and Telus Channel 980. Now, to finish off the show this week, we have a, a bit of a special uh, video here. We want to, as, as we often do, we celebrate the CPL players who stick around as faces of this league. And Marco Carducci this weekend was the first cavalry fc player to make 100 appearances for that club he's the captain he's he's been there since day one honestly there couldn't be a more fitting player i think to have that honor and i had the honor of going up to to spend some time with uh, cavalry on the weekend and, and hearing from some of their players and coaches about what marco means to that club so with that i will bid you farewell and i'll allow some far more well-spoken voices of Marco and, and some of his teammates and Tommy Wielden Jr. to see us out. For it to be here with Cavalry obviously means a lot to me. I think uh, at this point it goes without saying the connection that I have with this club and to be able to be the first guy to do it here uh, is extra special. To have kind of been fostered by what the club and the league has brought to professional football um, in Calgary but in the country for me, it was at a really pivotal time. I was uh, needing a place to play and needing that opportunity, and it's done so much for me. Um, and in return, I hope that I've just been able to to kind of give back. Now, to to be one of the originals and you know uh, a, a captain on this team and, and a big part of the club, it uh, it means so much. And again, it, it's still a bit surreal. Uh, you know, he's number one on the, on his shirt, uh, but he's number one in a lot of people's hearts. And I think he captures the hearts and minds of the teammates in front of him and the fan base around him. He works with kids sport, you know, he works with the, the PFA, He's, he gives a lot. So for him to be recognised as the player he is, is, is pretty special too. He's just a natural leader. There's intelligence behind what he says, there's empathy in what he says, there's, you know, he makes people feel good, he doesn't cut people down. Um, and I think that's what you want in a modern leader, he epitomises the values of our club. The fans love him. The community loves him. We love him. He, he's a great—he's a great person, a great friend, and, and just a great teammate. This club is number one in, in his heart. He lives and breathes Calgary. He, he comes in every day, expecting to help the game grow in in, in our city, uh, and and you can see that with the way he handles himself. Marco is one of those guys. He don't has to speak to lead one group. To be honest, he's always with the examples and those things. But when Marco speaks, everybody has to listen because it's not many times that happen, right? So he's one of those guys, and that's why everybody respects him. I'm excited to cap off 100 games, and we'll see how many more from there.